you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? James Go here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We got uh, your regular stable mates here, the WizKid from Wisconsin. Alex Galehart, what's up, man? Not too much. I'm, uh, I feel like we got a good show today. I love draft season, man. Draft oh week, gosh. it's one of my favorite times of the year. I love I'm it. I'm going to be working during all the days, <laughs> but I still just can't wait to be watching the draft and seeing who everybody takes and the reactions, and hopefully there's some more trades and surprises in the first round because that's always the best. The best. I was uh, trying not this to be a humble brag because we work here. I was at the draft the last couple of years. Humble uh, brag. But in Radio City Music Hall, when the Jaguars took uh, Blake Bortles number three overall, like yeah. the pop in that place was just nuts. Everybody was like standing up, like what? So those moments are always so great to That's watch. That's great. I absolutely. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, back from Coachella. It was a good weekend. Oh, that's right. Had a blast. Al? Had a blast. Uh, How, oh, wait. Did did both of you guys go? Separate weekends. Different oh, weekends. that's right. That's right. You went the the, the, the Weekend one. Weekend. Marcus went weekend two. Okay. Was it everything you hoped for? It was. It was great. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get some more of that in the daily daps. Oh, yeah. Good. Atta baby. There you good. go. And, of course, Michael Fabiano. What's up, man? Not much, man. So, th- to uh, to further drive home the point that I have a five-year-old. I don't have a five-year-old, but my girlfriend does. Okay. I wasn't at Coachella this weekend. I was at the Long Beach Aquarium. I dig the aquarium. Dude, the LB Aquarium. It was neat. Legit. It was neat. Yeah, I like been, it. I've never been to the, L, the I, LB one. I, it's a nice little too. area. Yeah, you I, need to. I, I, well, I've been I, to the I, one I, up in cool. like Carmel or whatever. Monterey Bay. Monterey Bay. Is, that's uh, the one. That's Monterey the one. Bay is. That one's awesome. That is but, the king of aquariums. Yes, yes that one is awesome. But Long Beach was a lot of fun. All right. That's a pet. Stingrays and sharks and all kinds of... Yeah, you touched a stuff. shark? 
<laughs> well, he was a, he was a, he was one of yeah, like the they little have a, ones. They have a shark pet no, area. Yeah. No, I mean, but Michael Fabiano is no, definitely petrified. afraid of sharks. But like, the, no, I don't think, doesn't set foot on the beach because yeah. like I don't know if a shark's gonna come out. But, <laughs> 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 there, I, he, I wasn't afraid, but very rough, very rough uh, sort of skin. But he wasn't afraid. I like uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I like those it. guys. Don't scare me. It's the big ones with the teeth. Uh, big time show in front of us here today. We're going to be talking about uh, best fantasy fits or dream fantasy fits uh, kind of regardless of where they might actually get chosen in the draft yep this was just you know when you you fall asleep dreaming of where these guys could go and have a really maximize, bright fantasy yeah, future maximize their potential like, ah this is going to be great but that instead great. we know like the, the browns will inevitably take one or two of these guys and that's great and then we're going to talk about some uh, pre-draft rookie sleepers that we really like we'll we'll you know, stump the table for them a little bit. Daily daps as well. Uh, let's start with top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. The whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. I think something happened in New England. I think something happened in New England. Uh, it's like. Deja vu all over again. Isn't that what Yogi Berra said? <laughs> Tom Brady. Uh, the ban on his uh, deflated football scandal uh, is back. So four games uh, now back on the table here for Tom Brady. Uh, I guess he can appeal. I guess he can ask for a stay. Uh, there's not really many options left for him because this. the reason his, his four-game ban was reinstated was because the league appealed. Uh, and really, what the only thing left for Tom Brady is for this to be seen in front of the Supreme Court, which is not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it it's not going to happen. Our like legal expert that we have come on, uh, I think it was on NFL HQ or what it was ever on yesterday morning when this broke. Uh, Gabe Feldman from Tulane University said basically like it would be extremely rare oh for not the Supreme Court to hear this case. And that while Tom Brady has a few options left, like you said, James, the our professor of law that was on the show said he suspects that Tom Brady will in fact have to serve this four game. Just, just let's just let it go for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just. You know what it. though? You know what's interesting though that I found was that I, I feel like. Tom Brady and his people were almost expecting it because of the way they restructured their contract. He gets hit almost like from a financial standpoint, almost not at all. They restructured True. his deal so that he takes in like I think a million dollars in sa- in quote unquote salary this year. So the four game ban would only mean two hundred fifty grand for him or whatever it is. That's amazing. It's pocket change. That's Which good. I think in the span of this podcast already, he's made from his UGG endorsements. And <laughs> I think so. Right. That's yeah, exactly but right. this is... What does much, it mean from a fantasy This is much like uh, the same situation as we uh, were expecting last year before everything happened. And uh, uh, he, was, he was granted the appeal. The appeal won. And uh, he, he played it all season long. All right. So let's say he's gone for missing... four games. What happens? Well, uh, I'm drafting him in the eighth or ninth round. And uh, I will be glad to take him there. I have, I've moved him down to eight at quarterback. From I, I'd, he was he was top three, okay, top three or four, and um, so he, he's not playing the Cardinals on the road, which would have been a tough matchup. Uh, and then he's got uh, the Dolphins at home, who weren't great against the pass last year. Then he has the Texans at home, who were pretty good against the pass uh, in terms of FPA and quarterbacks. And then you've got the Bills also uh, in that mix too. So Jimmy Garoppolo maybe is a DFS option two of those weeks. I'm not drafting him 
Uh, Brady is someone who I will sit on for four weeks gladly and watch him shred the rest of the league starting in week five against the Cleveland Browns. Yep. And my my draft strategy is going to really r- remain the same as it was last year, uh, sans running backs in the first round. MG? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of similar to that. I mean, I, I – I would like to wait until maybe the double-digit rounds if I possibly could, but it's a situation where, I mean, you saw it last year where a lot of teams went out. If you had your draft early especially, you went out and you drafted kind of a fringe QB1, and then those teams came back later and got Tom Brady. Well, when Brady comes back, suddenly they have two number one quarterbacks on their roster. So I think it's a similar situation. If you can go out and wait until, especially if you like to wait on quarterbacks, if that's your thing. Yeah. You can wait until the eighth or ninth round, get yourself a decent starter, come back, hopefully in the double-digit rounds, get Tom Brady and be set to go. Right. Now, I know in one of our leagues last year, Fabs, I believe you waited and got Cam and Tom Brady um, because Cam with his injury and losing Kelvin Benjamin. How did I not win that league? How did I lose the championship <laughs> to a team that won six games? Eh, magic th- magic can happen sometimes. Darn but you, Matt Money. Uh, I, know, our, I wrote our write-up on it yesterday morning because, Fabs, you said your computer was broken yeah. and uh, we wanted to get something out for the news. But a couple of guys you could circle maybe if you want to grab Tom Brady is like four-game stop gaps are Kirk Cousins, Eli Hello. Manning, and Jay Cutler. All of them have a couple games against the NFC East, which aside right. from Washington getting Josh Norman is still going to probably be pretty bad against the pass overall. Sure. And uh, Jay Cutler Although also- the Giants did add. They did add some. They did add some pieces. Yeah, a lot of significant. Pieces. Their their yeah, defense yeah. is still. Janoris Jenkins is, was an okay ad, but their defense still. They need to be able to get more pressure up front and things like that. Hopefully, Olivier Vernon and his one billion dollar contract yes. or whatever it is that he signed yes. will help with. That. Uh, yeah. Jay Cutler also gets the Lions on his home turf. Manning gets to play the Saints again, who, as we all remember, Hello. he lit up for six touchdowns last year, and whose right. defense is still kind of a mess. And, and he didn't even have the best game. Right. And then and then <laughs> Cutler, way. while you know, Cuddy is going to be Cuddy, he actually is going to have, hopefully, yeah. uh, a healthy Alshon Jeffrey and Kevin White to start oh. the season, which is something that he really didn't have at all last year. So these yeah. are guys where you could circle, pick them up, maybe stream, you know, Brock Osweiler's a couple nice matchups, Marcus Mariota's a couple nice matchups, but if you grab Brady, Brady there are a lot of options to weather those first few games. All right. You could play the waiver wire. Yeah, exactly. The stream position is so deep in a 10-team league. Does it mean anything for Gronk? No. no. No, they're still going to okay. throw it at him a ton. Does it mean anything for Julian Edelman? I think it could. Maybe I think it, maybe it, I think it, maybe I think it devastates his value for the first four weeks. Devastates? Devastates. Wow. Because, look, Julian Edelman and Tom Brady, they've got like a mind melt thing going on, right? <laughs> and, and, like, and Julian Edelman is a guy that gets open via timing, good route running, uh, those type of things. I, he's got great hands, too. Uh, but... Again, if that timing is not there, that chemistry is not there. I think his I think his value goes down considerably. Um, I mean, I think it takes a hit. I, I just think there are right now there are so few proven weapons in that passing game that whether it's you know obviously when Tom Brady's there we know what happens, but when Garoppolo's in there, he's smart enough to know obviously where Gronk is, and I think he's going to be smart enough to know where Julian Edelman is, and it won't be on the same level as when it's Brady throwing the football. But, you know, I, I think if you draft Julian Edelman, just know that the first four weeks aren't going to be the kind of production you might be used to. From but, th- see, the thing is, I like to go after guys like that. It, it, like, if that's, the, if that's the mindset of other fantasy owners uh, like James has, where, oh, I'm, I'm so worried about Julian Edelman. I will survive four weeks with mediocre to good production from Julian Edelman because when Brady comes back, 
I'm going to have a potential number two wide receiver, maybe number one in PPR leagues for the remainder of the season. And wide receiver is clearly not as deep as quarterback, but it's still a pretty deep position. And if you're playing in a league where you only start two wide receivers, heck, I would draft Adelman as my three uh, if I could potentially get him, if people are worried about him and sit on him for four weeks, probably start him as a flex. And I will roll with him. And when that week five comes up, I'm uh, I'm I'm looking I'm looking good. You know who I think this could help though a little bit is Dion Lewis, assuming he comes back fully healthy from hey, the ACL tear. Because hey, there you go. All the routes he runs, a lot of them are very helpful oh, yeah. to the quarterback, is like check downs and little oh, swing passes yeah. and stuff like that. And I was actually funny enough as I was getting ready for the podcast to do some other things, they were showing some Jimmy Garoppolo highlights from the preseason. Jimmy you know, G, you know who he's whose number he was lighting up, <laughs> Dion Lewis. I like it. So like of course that. you have to watch his recovery, but of course. Um, if he's if he's all set to go, it could be a, it could be a nice little relationship he and Jimmy G have those first <sighs> Man, couple weeks. Where does Dion Lewis go in drafts? Mid rounds. Yeah, he's a mid round. Like that, a- probably that the fifth round. Yeah, I was gonna say that six to nine range just because of his injury yeah. and because of the type of back he is. Yeah, it's gosh, man, it's it's I, it's hard to assess his. I like him a lot. That I thing's a mess. Right, he he was good last season, but they 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 re-signed Legarrette Blunt. I mean, they might draft a running back. Who knows? So and uh, I, I know that I know that uh, Lewis was the the elixir to Bellatrix last season. He was, he was an every week RB two man. But, no, uh, but can he do it again? We'll see. I know that's the big thing. All right, Sam Bradford says he wants out of Philly. <sighs> um, <laughs> I liked, uh, was it was it was it your tweet it's, it's yesterday? It's good to want things. No, I, was it your tweet? Couldn't yesterday? have been me because or, or Alex. Wrong, maybe it was oh, Alex it's going back to. You Oklahoma? You want to be the number one guy? Go back to Oklahoma. Listen, yeah. man. Right. I cannot tell you how. Uh, millennial this move is by Sam Bradford. Hey, I take offense to that. <laughs> Don't lump me in with this mentality. This, you know what this the is? Dude it's has not millennial. Made, the it's, dude has made $100 million for it's, being a it's very big fish from a small pond going into the ocean and being like, I don't like this. $100 million this dude has made. He just signed a contract extension where everybody said he got overpaid. Every single person you know why? said he got overpaid. Because he got now, overpaid. And, and here's the thing. He's never had a good season. Give me uh, – how many games has he – how many games has he missed? He missed an entire season. He's missed large chunks of two other seasons. Yeah. He's not been able to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he's ever had a 4,000-yard season. He is not. His quarterback rating is well below 90. He's never had a winning season. He's never been to the playoffs. And he's never really been a good. What is wrong with this guy? Either. Well, what is wrong with this dude? I actually think part of it is. I mean, I'm not sure what he's looking at because what he signed a two-year deal. Um, Twenty-two million dollars guaranteed, I believe. But it was a two-year deal, which says we don't really think you're the future of the team. Like we brought you. <laughs> in. I mean, no, seriously. Like, okay, maybe if at the end of the two years he steps up and he plays well, they decide, okay, we're going to reward you with a few extra years. But two years to me says, all right, this is your show me phase. And we're still going to be looking around for something else. Turns out that the Eagles were able to go out and get <laughs> something else in terms of a trade, and now they're moving up, and they're probably going to get Carson Wentz. Um, so, and here's the thing: that doesn't necessarily mean that Bradford's expendable. He still is on that show me that show me contract, if you will. He just has decided that somehow getting that 22 million guaranteed means that he has been given the right to be the starter. Yeah, I mean, what a joke! Again, he he's never been what an absolute joke. He's never been a great fantasy quarterback. He he's had he's had a couple of okay seasons. His rookie season was okay. Uh, his third season was okay. He had a, 
21 touchdown passes, 13 picks. Um, actually played all 16 games that year. Only threw for 3,700 yards. Yeah, that's not very good. Right. But it's it, it just shows you the state of the quarterback position in the National Football League. And I always remember Dave Damachek who said, out of all the billions of billions of people in the world, you can't find 32 human beings who can play the quarterback position well. Sam Bradford is, is really uh, a product of what the NFL is right now. It's a very quarterback needy leak. I mean, listen, guys, Carson Wentz, okay, this is a guy who is no lock to be even a good NFL quarterback. The same thing goes for Jared Goff. And teams are giving up picks upon picks upon picks for the chance to grab these guys in the hopes. These aren't Andrew Luck prospects. In the hopes that they could potentially be very good quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I wrote a column earlier this week that shows because of of what I do, it's based on fantasy points. But quarterbacks who get drafted in the first round in the last 10 years, listen, uh, it is is a crapshoot. And and more often than not, those quarterbacks don't meet expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think think in some ways that applies to pretty much any position. But I I do think, with the Rams, it makes sense. You've just moved to Los Angeles. You need a new face of the franchise. Jared Goff is right. Golden Goff, baby. Um, but, Let's do it. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Sam Bradford is a guy, fantasy-wise, since that's what we do here. Yeah. Wasn't going to get drafted in a lot of leagues. No, he was not. Um, Although, man, do you guys remember the buzz surrounding him pre-draft? Oh, God, uh, Last yeah. year? Well, he... Charles Eskin said he was the best quarterback in the NFC East on uh, NFL HQ last he, um, year. Oh, no. He had that lights out, couple lights out preseason games. That right. one where he was like 9 of 10. He looked great. And then we still believed in Chip Kelly. Still believed in Chip <laughs> Kelly. Oh, man. Uh, what a time to be alive that way. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean for the offense, though? Well... Listen, Anything? For the Eagles I, it makes me, it makes me sad for Jordan Matthews, who I loved last year and finally started to put it together near the end of the season. I mean, Ryan yeah. Matthews maybe sees an uptick in touches. Uh, I think we're downplaying, if he does leave, the impact of Chase Montana as Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is a guy, this is a guy that's had some very, some very uh, capable starting. He knows the offense, too. Starting in, uh, in, the, in the offense. He knows the offense. He's worked with Doug Peterson for years. Okay. Like, he'll be a fine stopgap. He's a veteran. He'll, help, he'll, he'll keep the value of, like, Matthews and Aguilar afloat as opposed to plummeting them with, a, you know, a rookie passer swimming for the first time. Aguilar. All right, let's talk dream fantasy fits, shall we? Let's do uh, it. NFL.com slash fantasy fits. Uh, Alex Gelhart, explain the concept. So basically I was just having a little fun. I mean, draft season is the time for reckless speculation on who's going to go where, who's going to trade, what this prospect is going to do, who they compare to, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, why don't I sit down and regardless of draft position and stuff like that, just dream up perfect spots for the top running backs I did last week and then – this morning, Tuesday, April 26th, I published uh, the wide receivers as well. So with that in mind, obviously, I actually originally had Elliott going to the Eagles uh, when I first did this exercise because I okay. thought that would be a lot of fun. But then when they traded up, they're not taking Elliott too. So it allowed me to dream Elliott to the Cowboys. Ooh, as we I, I, I dream that too. I'm sure you do. <laughs> as a Cowboys fan mm-hmm. and uh, fantasy owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So basically, like you said, you can find them both. I did... Uh, Top six, wide rec- top, top six running backs, top six wide receivers. Okay. Um, but I guess, why don't you guys pick one that's your favorite, one you think that's uh, that was foolish of me, and I can defend it or we can discuss it here. Right? Well, I want to ask you about uh, Derrick Henry of the Panthers. Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> why not? Well, I mean, look, I get he's a power back, and, you know, the Panthers. I, it seems to me like they have a couple of guys there. Who are the couple? Cameron Artis Payne is kind of kind of a jag right now. He, he looked 
okay in support. Right. Jonathan Stewart, as we know I'm a big fan of on this podcast. Right. I was huge on him. Owned him in a lot of leagues last sure. year. Owned him in Dynasty. He is getting up there in age now. He's had nine or ten, eight or nine seasons, I think. He's and not he's necessarily never, been the model of health. Never been the model of health. And Derrick Henry, in, in that kind of system where he's not going to have – it's not going to rely as much on his short space agility, which he doesn't have, would be great. And I just think that offense doing the read option where Cam is holding that ball in front of Derrick Henry and those linebackers are like, come on, like which, which one am I going to have to try and tackle here? Could be a great setup for him, and uh, it would take the pressure off him. It's also – not an offense that has ever really relied on the running backs needing to catch a ton of passes. Right. I was looking at over the last several years for the backfields. I might do a study on it on uh, the passing load for their running backs. And Carolina, the last couple of years, has only ever thrown like sixty passes yeah, combined. I mean, D'Angelo and, and and Stewart never really were never caught passes. Passing. So it would. It's an offense where he could do everything he needs to do. If they've got a physical offensive line, they're they're a run based offense. With a great quarterback, how and it, funny would it would that, be a perfect setup for him. How funny would that read option look? By the way, Derrick Henry, Cam Newton, you got two, two guys that are massive like human beings, monsters in the backfield. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I What's think happening? If we if we mix fantasy and reality, Elliot's got a shot to go to Miami, which which would be the best case scenario for him, other than Dallas, because Jai is not going to be putting a huge dent into his carries. But if Henry ended up going to Miami, that wouldn't be bad either. Uh, the Dolphins aren't going to take him in the first round. I don't know if they draft, uh, they they move up maybe in round two to get him because the Cowboys could end up getting him in the second round. But that that's like the team that has, to me at least, the biggest hole in their backfield right now. Uh, You're talking about Miami. Miami. Uh, the Raiders. I don't know how much they love Latavius Murray, despite what Jack Del Rio says. Don't sleep on the Bears and Giants. The too. Bears, right. Dolphins, the pick Bears are another one. I think the Bears need to focus on that defense. Their defense stinks, so I don't know if they would go right with with uh, Ezekiel Elliott there. The Raiders probably will go with a defensive player as well. Uh, so Miami, the Giants, I, I, yeah, they, they helped their defense quite a bit during uh, free agency, but they still they still could use a little bit of help too. So he could end up falling to Miami. Because, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I mean, selfishly, I want Jalen Ramsey. But I wanted Mo Claiborne a few years ago, and that didn't turn out too well. But I'd like to see the Cowboys get Ramsey. But you would think it's either going to be Ramsey or Bosa because they have a huge need on the defensive line with pass rushers, especially with uh, Randy Gregory already suspended four games and Demarcus Lawrence looking like he's suspended for four games. So the Cowboys may think that's more of a need than taking a running back. But... um, Elliott could fall to the Dolphins, and that could be a best-case scenario, I guess, if one is the Cowboys, 1A is Miami. All right. Um, how about C.J. Prosize? You got you said a dream fantasy fit for him would be the Chicago Bears. Absolutely. Explain. Well, because like Fab said, they've got some other holes they're trying to plug, so they're probably not going to take a rusher early. He wouldn't have to move very far, that's no. for sure. As, and as we've seen <laughs> uh, this offseason, they clearly want to add to their backfield because they're not sold they on Jeremy to. Langford, yeah. and they need to. And Procise is an awesome back because he's actually a converted slot receiver. He so he is a natural running routes and a natural catching passes. But he's I also think he's a convert. He's a converted safety that converted to wide receiver to that converted back. to running back. So he's yeah. So he's a versatile guy. He's smart and uh, he like he would be a fantastic fit in that offense with the way they like to to throw the football to running backs in a committee with John Fox, and he could eventually maybe even push to take over 
from Jeremy Langford because I think he's a more dynamic runner between the tackles in terms of his uh, short-range agility and stuff like that. I, I think a good spot for ProSize, because I do like him, what I've seen from him on film. The one thing that, that I've said concerns me is the fact that he just has had so few games at the running back position. Right. I think a spot for him could be Indianapolis, where you come and you sit and you learn behind a guy like Frank Gore, who's obviously been doing it and doing it well for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gore is another kind of multi-talented back who runs well, who catches the ball out of the backfield. ProSize has a lot of those abilities. Um, and I think it'd be great for him to kind of, you know, obviously learn how to play running back and learn how to play it at the NFL level as well. I think that would be a really good fit for him. Yeah, and, and you would expect the Colts to draft uh, the heir apparent to Frank Gore. I think <clears> it's <throat> happening in this draft. So I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Uh, Gilhar, you've got uh, Devontae Booker going to the Colts. I like that. I like, I like that, that too because, as we said, uh, we need an heir apparent for Frank Gore. He, right. you know, he's going to be 33 before the season starts, and I'm not going to doubt Frank Gore. I'm done doing that. <laughs> Learned my lesson uh, numerous times. He's done. But Booker, He's done. Okay. Booker is, if you keep saying it, you, I know. you eventually will be right. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, He's got to like, be done this year. Like He's got to be. Marshawn Lynch, and finally it happens. Uh, Booker's a guy that is a complete back. He's He can catch passes out of the backfield. He's a smart, patient runner between the tackles, and he could come in. He's coming off of a, a knee injury as well, but he could come in, split right. carries with Frank Gore for right now, and then probably next year it's his backfield, and he'll be good to go. Colts pick at 18. I think it's the he, perfect spot. A, second or The Colts need offensive line help. That's where they're going to go with that pick. Yeah, they need, he's probably more of a second or third rounder. Right. Um, a lot of guys like pegged him as one of the backs to watch in the second round, so mm-hmm. maybe their second round pick at the, the back end of that round, they'll take him. Who knows? All right. Uh, you know, I, I think any one of these guys, if you're talking about Devontae Booker, Kenneth Dix, and CJ Procise, I think they all make sense for the Colts uh, in that second round. Um, you, you've got Kenneth Dixon uh, out of Louisiana Tech going to the Raiders. Yes. I like this fit a lot as well, and I think, Fabs, you might talk a little bit more about Dixon later in the show, but yep. he's one of my favorite guys to watch. I think he's got some of the best feet in the draft. Um, he's very he's very shifty. He's got great balance, and he's a really natural pass catcher out of the backfield, and the Raiders are also a team that has thrown a ton of targets at running backs in recent years, and last year they split them largely between Latavius Murray and fullbacks. So... Uh, Dixon could slide in right away as a perfect fit as like the passing game complement and take some carries off of Latavius Murray, who I think had like 86% of their backfield touches between the passing and rushing game last year, which is kind of an obscene number it in is. the NFL nowadays. It's it's an also an obscene number given that he really wasn't that productive with the touches. No. So that's why I think Dixon would be a great guy to come in. They've just kind of refurbished that offensive line. They've got a lot of pieces around it, and it would be one of his best chances to prove, and he wants to prove. He's, like I said earlier on the podcast in a different episode, he's added weight for his pro day. He's up to 222. He wants to be a featured back, and I think this could be a really fun offense with him, Cooper, Carr, and Crabtree moving forward. Yeah, I mean, so over the weekend um, I uh, was working one of those – Evening news shifts. That's right. Uh, and let me tell you, there is a lot of downtime. Uh, but no, I, I actually ended up watching like four or five games of Kent Dixon. And um, and and let me tell you, man, uh, I believe, I really, really believe he's an angry runner. He can run in between tackles very well. You talk about him being a natural pass catcher. He's a freakishly good. He's pass super catcher. good. Like, did you see his touchdown where he like was double covered in the end zone and he like jumped and turned around exactly. as if he was like Josh Doxson or something? He looks like a wide receiver out there catching balls. I mean, and the other thing too, it's like he's got such soft hands, uh, and it's so interesting. They actually have him running Louisiana Tech did like deep routes. Yeah. You know, it's not just like checkdowns or, or wheel routes or, or whatever. It's like, no, 
they had him he's lined all over up. The field. Yeah, he had him lined up, and he was running deep routes. Um, his ability to catch football is something special. Uh, and then again, you mentioned the fact that he added weight. I thought he ran really well between tackles. Anyway, he does. He never gives up on a play. He's got. Yeah. He's got such an angry running style. And I really like. Ken I really Pitts too. The one lot. one knock people have against him is that in his games against some of the top competition like Alabama and stuff, he did had a poor showing. Yeah. But if you watch those games, yeah, he was exactly. getting hit like as soon as he exactly. got the ball. Exactly. And I don't care what running back you are, if you're getting tackled when you're making the handoff, you're not going to have a good day at the I office. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's kind of why I'd like to see Kenneth Dixon go to the Colts. He, I was, I actually was, uh, him and Booker, I was like, which one do I want, Colts? Which one do I want, Raiders? So I was like, Meh. and I thought Booker might be the more natural fit as the complete back right away, so he could go to the Colts. Gosh, I, I still think Kenneth Dixon is the most complete back there. Uh, Devontae Booker, again, that injury uh, does concern me. I guess I maybe I just watched too many Utah games last year. I, I'm, I, I like Devontae Booker. I don't love him. I think he's an okay back. I just don't think he's a special back. Uh, that being said... Uh, I know Mike Mayock likes him a lot as well. Uh, he's got Devontae Booker uh, ranked ahead of Kenneth Dixon. Uh, but, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, let's go to the wide receiver, shall we? Let's do it. Hey, how about Laquan Treadwell to the Giants? I love that, man. I love that one. I love that a lot because Odell Beckham Jr. obviously is going to uh, attract a lot of attention. Laquan Treadwell is was very productive in college, but his combine shows us he's a below-average athlete. Um, in, I think in some would, respects, yeah. I think he would absolutely thrive – uh, kind of being a high-level number two guy. Absolutely, and this that's an offense, too, where he's got the size and the after-the-catch ability where he could really do some damage with a quarterback who's as savvy and can execute the timing routes that Treadwell's a good runner at as Eli Manning. And like you said, being the number two, not having to face double coverage all the time, not having to face the top cornerbacks with right. somebody like Eli Man or some, excuse me, like Odell Beckham there, could be really, really useful for Laquan Treadwell. And he's a beast in the red zone. He's he is. a big guy with long arms and 100%. strong hands. Ruben Randall had 11 red zone targets last year. So if you imagine if Treadwell <laughs> comes in and can get that many or maybe even push for like 20 red zone targets, <clears throat> yeah. he could easily he's have convert those, man. A, a solid rookie Absolutely. wide receiver season for people as like a wide receiver three option. I just wonder if the Giants would take him that high. Yeah. Right? Well, I was thinking second round because the rumor has it that Treadwell's going to fall out of the first round. Wow, yeah, Mayock still got him ranked number one at wide receiver. Oh no, no, no. I, I think yeah. he's. I think of the group, he's the most proven. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you love the you love the size that the kid brings. But I, I was shocked by how bad his combine numbers were. Right. Um, right. And okay. I, I'm a little bit of a hey, combine it, friend, if too, if there's ever been proof that sometimes we're not sure who's number one in somebody's head. You remember when uh, Michael Crabtree was coming out? And everyone thought the Raiders were going to draft him, and they took Darius Haywood Bay instead. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Oops. So you never really know for sure, but I agree. The Giants taking Treadwell would be great for Treadwell, be great for Eli Manning, and uh, that offense would uh, would suddenly become very fantasy relevant uh, if it isn't already. All right, very quickly, explain why Josh Doxson to the uh, Vikings makes a lot of sense. I mean, he could go anywhere and and be great, but yeah. one thing, what I like about him is his his skill set and his ability already as a route runner, his ability to go up and get passes at and high ball it. at the catch point. He's fantastic. Poor Teddy Bridgewater, man, has yet to have a true number one receiver in his two years in the league. Like, d- despite whatever you think about him as a, as a passer, like he's had some ups and downs. Only yeah. threw 14 touchdowns last year. Yeah, Josh Dawson caught 14 touchdowns last year. <laughs> So, like, with his size, with his ability, he right. would be the type of number one wide receiver that offense needs. He and Teddy could 
build a rapport for a while, and I think it would help open up things for Stefan Diggs. And Doxon's just, he's the real deal, man. He And I think he would be a great fit there for them. Like I said, he could go anywhere, but it would be a good pairing for both Bridgewater, need. that backfield, and, and Doxon as well. He would get pummeled targets. Whichever wide receiver ends up in Minnesota will certainly have seasonal fantasy value uh, because of what you just mentioned. I mean, there's a lack there unless you really like Stephon Diggs. Uh, he showed some flashes as a rookie last season, but uh, whoever, if it's Corey Coleman, LaCron Treadwell, whoever goes to Minnesota is certainly going to be on the radar from a fantasy perspective. And of those three, Doxon's the one I trust there the most because I think he would be the one that could step in and be that number one. Like we just said, we kind of want Treadwell opposite somebody else. I think yeah. the same thing for Coleman, which is why I like him going to the Texans because mm-hmm. that offense right now, Nuke, is amazing. We love him. Not the fastest guy in the world. So you put somebody that is as fast and explosive and can jump out of the building like Corey Coleman off opposite him to stretch the field and take little screens and slants to the house, then now we're now we're cooking. I was trying to get Nuke to comment on the Josh Norman to Washington uh, move on Twitter. Yeah. I thought he was gonna bite because he because he responded and then he didn't he didn't say anything. I was like, Ugh. Can I uh can I throw out another potential team for uh, Josh Doxon here? Please. What about the Tennessee Titans? Hello. Um, you know, I mean, I know I know they right now are kind of planning to have Doriel Green Beckham as being their number one. They need another wideout. But they need another wideout. Yeah. And I look at it as, in some ways, maybe it's similar to him staying at TCU. I mean, he had a quarterback there in Trevon Boykin who obviously could get the ball downfield, but who was also right. prone to take off out of the pocket and make plays with his legs. It's a similar situation that you would have in Tennessee with Marcus Mariota, who maybe, you know, I think is learning to go downfield. I know that was the big knock on him coming out of Oregon is that a lot of throws were short throws necessarily. But um, I, I think in some ways there are a lot of similarities between the quarterbacks there, and I think you know you get you get Doxon in there, a guy who can come in, make plays, bolster that wide receiving core with a good young quarterback that you know again kind of leads you to play the scramble drill a little bit, which I think is important. I think we saw a lot of that with you know Jimmy Graham, for instance, really struggling with uh, uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle. Right. Uh, I just wonder how Doxon. You know, it's not necessarily sexy. Nobody gets excited about the Titans, but it might be an interesting fit. Yeah, and they're a team on the rise. Yeah, and th- that's a team that fantasy owners need to watch in in this draft over the next few days is because they could add a lot of weapons and a lot of help for Marcus Mariota. Um, first round, I, I would think they're probably going to go offensive line, mm-hmm. but um, there's plenty of good wide receivers out there. They can grab a wide receiver in round two. They've already signed uh, you know, uh, Rashard Matthews. They traded for DeMarco Murray. So that offense is up and coming, and Mariota could really benefit from the Titans having a very successful draft. All right. <clears throat> Corey Coleman. Uh, to the Texans, you mentioned uh, you know opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, what an interesting trio that would be, though, right? Between DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Strong, and Corey Coleman. Absolutely, you got you got three guys that can do like three sort of different things, they and it would be a damage. It would be a dynamic little little trio there. Now, could Brock actually get the ball out there? I think that's one thing I wrote in there is why I like Corey Coleman there is because at Baylor his route tree is extremely limited. He basically, as they say in the Move the Sticks podcast all the time, he basically ran the slant. The go route, the hitch, and uh, I think the the curl of screen too. So all these are routes that aren't as timing based and things that Osweiler could easily hit. Like Corey Coleman flies, he just lobs it up for him. Hits right. him quick on the slant. Corey Coleman can do the rest. So I think it would be a nice match as Osweiler gets uh, gets accustomed to that offense and Bill O'Brien gets his hands on hopefully molding his quarterback. Yeah, in that the future. Texans offense. That's another offense to watch too. Lamar Miller, if they add it, that's why right. I say too. Like you add a right. nice wideout opposite there. Who's got the better offense right now, Denver? The Super Bowl champs or Houston? 
Well, right now it'd probably be Houston. Right? Denver's starting Sanchez under seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'm waiting, man. Like they're gonna I, make a move this I'm weekend. I'm waiting for like a Kaepernick trade. Something's gotta happen. I wouldn't mind seeing Corey happen. Coleman go to Washington. I don't know if that makes sense from a from an actual real life draft perspective, but can you imagine that speed on that outside? Deshaun Jackson and and Corey Coleman just burning it up on the outsides. They could go wide out. I mean, they also need help in the interior defense. They do. I mean, they they need so much help on the defensive side of the ball. Dude. And, and speaking so I, of I don't know speaking of the Redskins, wide. real quick, yeah. Do you guys believe Josh Norman's going to be as effective in Washington as no. as he was last season with no. Carolina? No. But that being said, any corner who goes to Washington right now is not going to be as effective. I mean, you could literally take and you took Patrick Peterson, mm-hmm. um, and you put him in a Washington. He's not going to be as effective. You know why? Because the defense around him. It would be is going to be terrible. The curse, the free agent curse. I think no. I think, it's, I think it's, <laughs> how about that? I, I mean, think it's, it's it's the roster. You I know? think it's more of yeah. I mean, there's you look at what the Panthers had up front. You look at even the middle of the field with Luke Keekley and those guys. I mean, that that helps out a lot. You can a be, lot. You can be so much more aggressive when you know the guys up. Well, that front was are and, right, shut it and, down. and that was uh, I think what uh, Nuke tweeted out and OBJ's issue with Norman was. Uh, Look at the players you have around you now. Yeah, but look. I mean, again, now, I see. never understood that argument because I mean, look at what's happening in Seattle. Look at what happens in Arizona. I mean, those those defenses are stacked. I don't see those same players saying Patrick Peterson's not a legit corner because the Arizona defense is is legit around him. I don't see those same players. Well, some a lot of the same. They do say that about uh, Richard Sherman up there in Seattle. But but again. Richard Sherman is Richard Sherman because the defensive line and the and the linebacking and Earl Thomas. My God, Earl Thomas is a monster. Hey, you know, so just look at Byron Maxwell. I mean, mm. he leaves Seattle and was not good. Uh, he was garbage. <laughs> so he was garbage. So that's interesting because, uh, boy, two games against Dez and two against uh, OBJ. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean they're going to get very physical. There's no question That's about be it. Fun to watch. I, and again, but I mean, is he going to be as effective? No, he's not going to be as. Mm. as a, the defense around him is terrible. That the defense is coming together a little bit. I wouldn't say it's terrible, and he's a good piece to add. Bashad Breeland played very well. They've got some yeah. nice guys in the front seven. I Ryan like Kerrigan, Chris Baker, uh, Preston Smith. So we'll it's, see. We'll see what such, else they do in the draft. Such but. a Redskins move to to make that big splashy. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's the Dan Snyder move. Hey, they, they win the Super Bowl every April, so. <laughs> there you go. All right, but so like you said, uh, you can read all these. Uh, the other guys we haven't mentioned, NFL.com slash Fantasy Fits yeah. or uh, my page on Twitter at Alex Geller. I've tweeted them both out. And uh, if you want to learn more about any of these prospects before the draft, NFL.com slash Prospect Today. We've uh, got profiles on like yeah. 58 guys, I think, is what we did this it's year. It's really, really good. It's re- Prospect Today is really, really good. Um, and if you guys uh, are fantasy abs- – I mean, if you guys are just fantasy freaks – uh, definitely go check it out. Um, it, it's a it's a great read. Uh, you you kind of be lost in, into the uh, into the black hole into mm-hmm. that. Now that all of them are out there, you know what I'm saying? Yep. You just can't help but click on like five, six, ten of them. It, it's pretty good. I, I would def- I it's a dec- uh, recommended read, no doubt about it. Hey, let's talk about fr- favorite pre-draft rookie sleepers uh, in a fantasy draft. Uh, rookies go all over the board. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about fantasy drafts, uh, who are some of your rookie sleepers that you like? And we'll start with you, Alec Gilhart. Uh Well, the one I pegged for this for this exercise is Leonte Carew from Rutgers. Yeah, he's a guy that um, he tore up the Senior Bowl practices, but he was injured, um, so he couldn't actually play in the game, so we didn't get to see him on that spotlight as much. But he was extremely productive at Rutgers as a deep threat and just yeah. catching tons of passes and racking up yards. It's so weird watching him catch that football too. 
Because, I mean, he catches it angry. Well, yeah, and he's got, an, he's got a really interesting build. Harmon talked about it a little bit in uh, his write-up for him on Prospect Today because he's 6'1". He's like 200 – I think I actually met – he only might be 6 feet. Sorry. He's six, like 6'2", six 11. So he's kind of stocky. Yeah. And um, But he does catch the ball angry. I saw somebody else comp him as like a f- much faster James Jones, which I kind of – like as the body type-wise, I was like, okay, does I can that. Does that mean he has to wear the hoodie? I don't know if he'll wear the hoodie. Maybe that. Maybe he will. <laughs> but Carew's a guy that I think is going to be a round two or a round three pick that could have be a really nice piece in the right offense if he goes as a number two option for Cincinnati or Atlanta or maybe even Detroit picks him up to work in there with Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. He's uh, he's a good route runner. He's physical, like I said, with that build. Like he's kind of stocky. He looks he looks like he's built, and he's just a guy that I think could really make a nice splash this year. It's so it's so again. I don't know if you guys haven't seen Leonte Carew highlights. If you do, um, those every scout who's ever written anything about Leonte Carew says strongest hands, strongest, and you see it too on the tape, man. He just mm-hmm. goes up and gets that ball. Yeah, and he has vice a vice like grip on that ball. Angry, once he angry gets was it. a good way to describe it because he also like fights back to the ball and then he's yeah. like, "You're mine." <laughs> and then he just runs away with it. He's not like. Like, Josh Dotson is on the other end of the spectrum. Every catch looks so smooth. It's just graceful. And so, exactly. And Leonte Carew's not that dude. No. Uh, he's got some character issues that uh, that some teams are worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that impacts his draft status. But, yeah, no, from a fantasy perspective, uh, definitely an interesting dude, no doubt about it. Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh, I'm looking at Jonathan Williams uh, from Arkansas, and he's not a name that's getting a whole lot of run, especially no. at the running back position, mostly because he missed the entirety of last season that's right. with a foot injury. But – I went back and watched him in 2014. He was splitting carries with Alex Collins there at, at Arkansas. But dude just looks – I mean, he's in constant motion. His feet never stop churning. The guy's quick to get upfield. Not a lot of uh, you know east-west, a lot of north-south with him. Uh, catches the ball pretty well, even though they didn't really ask him to do a lot of that in the offense when he was asked. Really did a good job of it. And, you know – I think the big knock on him, he could stand to get stronger, could stand to bulk up. That's a fear that I've kind of dismissed for a lot of the prospects. I just feel like having that time and working with an NFL strength training program is going to help a lot of these guys get a lot stronger. I do think the one thing he's going to have to get better at is pass protection. It's not that he wasn't willing, he just wasn't great at it. So uh, if he could do that, I mean, he's the kind of guy who's going to go probably somewhere in the second day and We'll have a chance, I think, depending on really? where he lands. I, I, I got to think he's going to go pretty late. Uh, maybe. I, I, but I think wherever he goes, he'll have a chance to compete to, yeah. for, for a job. You know, at least maybe not even as a starter, but certainly as a change of pace guy. Uh, you know, I would like to see him maybe somewhere like Washington. I think he could be a nice fit there. I think he could be a fit with the Bears. Um, you know, I think with Deion Lewis coming back, I mean, we all like to put running backs in New England, but I think with Deion Lewis coming back, that probably dampens that idea. But I, I, do, think, I do think Jonathan Williams is a guy that when we talked about the running backs, hasn't gotten quite as much run because, I mean, nobody saw him last year. I think if I remember right on uh, Move the Sticks, they did a series where they pegged their like favorite guys for certain rounds. And I okay. think uh, Jonathan Williams was one of the ones, it might have been Bucky said, for round four. So he might not make it onto day two, but he could so be in an early, early day, day early day okay. three selection. Yeah, but right. he's right. he's a good name to keep an eye on. I think he's the better of the two Arkansas backs. Oh yeah, I w- I, that I agree with. I just I'm not sold on either one. Uh, but again, I mean that's why they're going to be going late, right? But yeah, I mean interesting upside. There's no doubt about it. How about it, Fabs? What's up? Well, we talked about Kenneth Dixon already uh, quite Love a bit him. earlier in the show. Love him. Uh, versatile guy, guy who could potentially be a three down back. Has some question marks about. His pass protection. Can I just say this? I like Kenneth Dixon more than uh, Derrick Henry. 
That's cool. Wow. I mean, you can say that. I might. I, might, I, I mean, <laughs> I might be there with you. you I'm all in. I'm all in on on this kid from Louisiana Tech. But go ahead, Fem. Yeah, I mean, he was he was in a pretty wide open offense there in college at Louisiana Tech. So uh, evaluations. Well, a lot of the a lot of the guys who look at the film, uh, like the Mayox of the world and the DJs and the Bucky Brooks. I mean, uh, he really showed well at the combine. Uh, ran like a four four five forty, and I don't know that he can come in and be a three down back as a rookie. But he could come in and be the 1B to someone's 1A starter in Oakland, potentially. Uh, a team that needs another running back uh, to add to a committee where, unfortunately, that's the direction a lot of teams go these right. days from a fantasy standpoint. But come in and be that second guy and then potentially earn a bigger role moving forward. A pretty good little dynasty pick there as well. So Dixon's someone to watch. Let's see where he ends up. Could he end up with the Colts, the Raiders? You mentioned the Bears, the Giants. There's some teams out there uh, where maybe not this year in 2016, but moving forward, Dixon could end up making a pretty decent fantasy impact. A lot of talent. A lot of talent. Uh, where do Where do you guys think Kenneth Dixon might? I mean, regardless of what situation. I mean, I guess it's kind of hard because you, 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 it really depends where a guy gets drafted in fantasy, where he ends up on a team. Mm-hmm. But let's say he ends up in an ideal situation. I, I mean, again, Gelhar, you said, hey, an ideal situation for him might be the Raiders. If he goes to the Raiders, how high does a guy like Kenneth Dixon go in fantasy drafts? I mean, I feel like right now he's going to be in that like that kind of range. We always refer to it a little bit like as those later middle rounds, like maybe 7 to 10 area, because it's kind of after you get – your top couple RBs, your top few wide receivers, then you're starting to take a look at more of these upside guys that you wanna, that you hope to hit on. And I think Dixon would fall into that range in an ideal situation. Yeah. Unless, of course, a lot could change. He could be already pushing for starting carries or something by the mm-hmm. time the season comes around. But he's definitely an upside guy that you would take in one of those middle to late rounds. Hype, hype-wise, he could end up being like this year's Amir Abdullah. Interesting. Inter- no, yeah, I think you're right. No, no, I, I think because you're Because if you remember... Abdullah sort of started jumping off the board because of all the post-draft uh, camp performances. He started jo- jumping off the board when he made that one Joy- ridiculous cut in the preseason. And Joy Bell and was And dropped injured. everyone's jaws. Right, right. I think that jet player is still waiting to hit the ground after <laughs> missing a year so bad on that. He looked amazing. Hopefully the results amazing. are better. And then week one he looked amazing too. Yeah, and then that was. And they and stopped then... giving him the ball. And see you later. Um, I- I'm keeping an eye on Corey Coleman. Out of Baylor, uh, just no surprise on, there. No surprise there. A combine stud. <laughs> weird. Co likes the combine stud. How weird. Uh, look, he's an undersized wide receiver. I get it. That's fine. Uh, the league is kind of sort of moving towards that direction, though. It's fine. Uh, I don't think anyone's thinking Antonio Brown is Des Bryant out there. That's okay. Uh, Corey, Corey Coleman, to me, is just an unreal athlete. And his quickness, uh, lateral quickness, vertical quickness, he's very versatile. He's explosive, too. Very, very versatile and explosive player. Um, I, it, it's interesting. You know, we talk about these fantasy fits. I think a lot of these guys need to go to the right system. I feel like Corey Coleman is going to be a good fit in a lot more places than some of these other guys. Uh, just because uh, of his you know, ability to kind of be that freak athlete in the open field. Um, to me, I, I think the easy comparison, obviously, is, is a Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's got that kind of... Uh, similar type build and, and, and similar type explosiveness. Uh, boy, I'm going to really be keeping an eye. I, I'm very interested to see where he goes. I hope he goes to a, a place that uh, has at least a decent quarterback. 
Yes. Uh, th- that's the only thing that would absolutely kill him, right? If he goes to a place like Denver, he's done. Like, he's not going to do anything. Well, yeah, he'd be third behind Sanders and Thomas. That's that a very would good be, point. That would be disappointing. Uh, that would be very disappointing. Uh, if he goes to, you know, anywhere where they have a lot of quarterback question marks, I think it would just be, it would not be great. I agree. Uh, so there you go. Let's get to Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps Michael Fabiano, we start with you. Daily Daps. Oh, man. Game of Thrones was back. I, I can't spoil anything. Please don't. Because I know people <laughs> will Please be, don't. Um, have you not watched it? Uh, I haven't. I've, first of all, I stopped watching it after the Red Wedding. So there's... What? It's really not... What is be. wrong with you, Kyle? That, that was a soul crusher. I understand. It, no. It's be, a soul crusher. People have always asked me, why did you stop watching after the Red Wedding? Listen, there's only so many times you can get kicked in the nuts before you have to really reevaluate <laughs> where you're at. It's like, okay, let's see. I got kicked in the nuts in season one. I got kicked in the nuts in season two. I got kicked in the nuts in season three. Okay, let me go back for season four. Does that make sense? When you say when you put it out loud like that, does that actually make sense, dude? I no, it doesn't. No, I, I it love really does. Man, you just Sam Bradford of this series. <laughs> right. James wants exactly. to go watch a show where he's the man and his character's the man. No, and, uh, I'm just saying. How many times can you get absolutely curb stomped before you got to say you reevaluate where you're at and say, you know what? Let me emotionally invest somewhere. Else. I think that's the beauty of the show in the books, though, is that. <laughs> It's completely unpredictable, and you you honestly know nobody is safe. Right. In, in right. too many shows and movies, characters have uh, my friends and I like to refer to as plot armor. Like, oh man, Jack Bauer's Jack really Bauer. in a pickle. Jack Bauer's the king of but that. But <laughs> he's gonna get out. In this one, you're like, man, Ned Stark's in a pickle, and oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, oh, all but right. the the cool. the episode itself was fantastic. All we were right. talking about this earlier. Good. And uh, how it. You know, started to bring back the the storylines. I feel as if you're starting to go no, no, into. No, no, no. It, it, it brought back the multiple storylines that had ended with the previous season, and the finish of that episode was um, both surprising and sort of disturbing all at the same time. That's, that's just the I'll show say. in general, I think, too. Yeah, it was great. It was great to have that show back. What they should do is these networks they should they should piggyback. So, all right. The Walking Dead goes off the air. The following week, we got Game of Thrones, right? I don't want to have to be stuck watching Fear the Walking Dead because that show is awful. Wow. AMC and HBO don't care about your happiness. I know, (laughs) but I'm saying that would be so great. They don't care about your happiness. But have you watched Fear the Walking Dead? I have watched Fear the Walking Dead. It is off the DVR. Awful. Wow. I quit. Okay, he quits. I quit on it. All right. I never watched an episode. Yeah, it's okay. It's it. okay. It's not great. I wouldn't say it's awful, but yeah, I, it's, it's, not, it's okay. It's, it's not. It's oh, not great though. It's ugh. Yeah, I'm out. Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh, well, as mentioned, uh, with Coachella weekend two was fantastic. So I want to daily dab some of the some of the bands I saw there that I thought were really good. I thought I loved Run the Jewels. Uh, I saw a lot of the small. The, the headliners were great, but some of the smaller ones, you know, Run the Jewels, The Arcs, uh, which is Dan Auerbach's, uh, you know, new side project from the, the Black Keys, uh, No More Orchestra, Anderson Pack, uh, Matt and Kim did a fantastic show as well. Um, but bigger daily daps, honestly, go out to to Prince. Um, there you go. Uh, it was it was sort of a, a bittersweet. You know, I left on Thursday to go out to the desert and was really excited, obviously, about the festival. And then the news broke that that Prince had died, and that was really a big gut punch yeah but, what a bummer um you know there were a ton of tributes out there to him all weekend long which is fantastic but just you know so much music i mean i've seen him multiple times and honestly was always the best show i had ever been to so um i feel like it's cool because you get to hear a lot of these backstories now yeah 
and, and so many of these backstories are so cool. Like the fact that he just gave away songs to people he liked. Yeah. That's amazing. And he would just have parties at his house. Yeah. And the rule was you can't drink. There's no drugs. There's no smoking. There's no swearing. Come in and enjoy the music. Like how many artists do that? No one, nobody else is like Prince. That's why nobody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so that's why I have to say, like, uh, did you read Bomani Jones's piece about him for no. Playboy? No, it was great. One of the lines in it that I loved was he was like, "If there ever seemed to be two types of people in the world, Prince was among the third. And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, that's, that's, that's probably true. true. That's absolutely true." So yeah, that's there you great. go. Um, and the other thing too is that uh, it spawned one of the absolute funniest comedy skits of all time. Oh, the the Dave Chappelle Dave Chappelle Charlie Murphy story. Oh which my God. uh was was so popular, Prince actually used the picture of Dave Chappelle for like a later single. Yep. <laughs> he used the picture of Dave Chappelle dressed as Prince and put it on like the cover of a single. And if you never knew Prince, because the whole scheme of the whole plot of that uh, Chappelle show skit was that Charlie Murphy ball. and his boys played Prince and his boys in basketball, and right. they got and he could ball. They got schooled. They got schooled. Right. And Prince could actually ball. Yeah, like there was, are stories of him in high school that was like he. Well, was, he had the he had the afro. He had the afro. The basketball team, and he wasn't a big dude at all. No, nope. he was still like five two. Yeah, in high he school, wasn't a big but dude. He was he could ball, and they were like they. I remember seeing somebody say that. Prince would have been in the starting lineup had it not been like a historically great class of guys that like all went on to play college ball at his high school. But That's he could so throw funny. down on the basketball court. I also like randomly that he was he was hardcore Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, he loved Minnesota to the point that he wrote a song for the Vikings uh, when they were in the NFC Championship game a that few is years so ago. So funny. I Wasn't one it. of his best songs. What but, a uh, what a unique character this dude was, and uh, an insanely talented musician. Like I forget what he album it was. Every he, he single played twenty-seven instruments yeah, on instrument. one album. Yeah, amazing. Twenty-seven different instruments <laughs> on one album, and I saw a great quote too. Um, there's a lot of stuff flying around about Prince, Prince stories, but uh, Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters and previously Nirvana was on the Howard Stern show, and uh, Howard asked Dave, he's like, "Do you think Prince was a better musician than you?" And Dave went, "Prince was a better drummer than me." <laughs> <laughs> So that just speaks to what kind of like renown and respect he had in the in the music community as well. That is awesome. amazing. That is amazing. Um, I'll give daily daps to uh, the new Born trailer that I just saw. Uh, Matt oh, yeah. Damon looks. looks oh my gosh, he's jacked. Matt Damon is jacked. Luckily, they don't have Usada working on movie sets uh, because <laughs> that dude. Holy cow, he yeah. is huge. Uh, but the the trailer looks great. I love the Bourne franchise, man. I'm totally, I'm totally keen for to come back with Matt Damon. The Jeremy Renner one was a little meh, but it was again. That was another movie that was okay, not great. Yes, it was good, not great. Like I enjoyed it, but I, I if you asked me to tell you the whole plot again, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. And if you asked me to watch it again to tell you, I'd be like. I'd rather watch something else. <laughs> I enjoyed my I enjoyed my one viewing, but uh, daily dap Cal basketball. They're getting Ivan Rab back, which is a shocker. Um, I don't understand. I, I if I'm Rab, I, I I don't make that decision, but that's okay. As a Cal basketball fan, I'll take it. He's coming back for another season there, and uh, Cal basketball locked and loaded for next year. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, love the coaching staff there. Um, the players have learned a lot. Uh, obviously beset by injuries in round one. They lost, but that's okay. Um, we'll come try to get him next year. That's okay. All right, how about it, Alex Gellar? Uh I go into Daily Dap. The uh, families of people that passed away in the Hillsboro tragedy um, back in 1989, it happened at an FA Cup semifinal. Um, Liverpool was playing. And what happened basically was the police that were allowing the people to funnel into the stadium 
did not do the appropriate preparations. And um, because the match was about to start and people were trying to push in, they opened what was normally only an exit gate and thousands more people flooded in and it created what was actually a human crush, which is akin to a stampede, but it's not a stampede. And 96 people died in this incident because of the police negligence. And there was a cover up about it. The police blamed the fans, said they were drunk and disorderly and stuff like that. So for years, this happened in 1989, um, it was just a cover-up, and these family members have had to live with that tragedy, and finally now, it was brought back up, and it was actually the longest jury process. It lasted two years um, in British law history, the longest jury process, and it was, those families were exonerated, and it was shown that they were unlawfully or unjustly killed, and it's just a big day for those fans and those people cool. like to finally get peace from that. So it's it, the Hillsborough tragedy. Look it up if you've never heard about it. It is one of like the greatest tragedies to ever happen at like a sporting event like that. Did ESPN do a long form? Yeah, there was there? a 30 for 30 on it, too. Okay. And I think there's been long form, and The Guardian has a lot of good pieces on it today. So right. I uh, the news I saw the news like right when I was getting in, so I didn't have a chance to dive too in, but I just wanted to give a daily dap to those families and their journey because it's been 27 years now. That's amazing. So it's it's a pretty incredible story and a pretty like monumental piece of sports history. So if you've never heard about it, watch the 30 for 30, read about it today, and uh, check it out. All right, there you go. That's our show. Hey, listen, uh, like us, subscribe on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. For Alex Gellhart, the Whiskey from Wisconsin, MG Mike, I'm Marcus Grant, and Michael Fabian, I'm James Go. We will see you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.